Hey guys, it's Vince. Uh, this is a special episode with Anthony Renner from the Strength Coach Podcast. I record with him a full episode once per month, uh, and it goes out on the Strength Coach Podcast channel, but Anthony also gives it to me so we can put it here on the Fitness Business University podcast. So it's a recording of myself and Anthony, and I'm unpacking uh, the five parts of a great marketing strategy. So if you got a gym and you want a better marketing strategy, uh, this is definitely a must listen to make sure you're implementing these five steps. So hopefully you enjoy this conversation with me and Anthony. Peace. All right, now it's time for another special episode with Vince Gabriel, the founder of Gabriel Fitness Performance and Fitness Business University. He helps gym owners get more clients, make more money, and have more freedom. We've been doing this for a while. This has been, we've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. Uh, And, you know, part of it is uh, Vince's, as he likes to call it, witty banter in the beginning. And, you know, last episode, we got the rundown from Montana. I got a couple, Vince, I got a couple uh, messages on that. Even uh, Pat Van Gallen sent me some pictures of like bears out because she lives in Big Sky, Montana. And uh, she sent me some pictures and was just kind of cracking up over the fact of that of that that story. I mean, have people been kind of chiming in on, on the story for you and that, with your podcast as well? It, yeah, my podcast. And it's funny because I've told that story to so many people. And, it, and it's, it, it's like everyone's like, oh, my gosh. Like, holy cow. So it's like, it was definitely like a, a, a thing during the time of it, it was very nerve wracking and everything like that. But afterwards, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't, I'm so happy that happened because it's such a great story. It's such a good memory. It's something I'll look back on forever. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, to, to get going into marketing right away, that's one of the things that um, if you were to ask me uh, to write in 2017, I wrote an email every day. And if you were to ask me in 2017, if I could write an email every day for five years from 2017 to 2022, I would say no way. Like, because you just run out of shit to write about. It's like, you just like, what else am I going to write about? What else can I put? And, and what the mindset shift is, and this is an important marketing lesson right off the bat, and we're getting into good stuff right away, but is everything that happens in your life is marketing. Everything that happens in your life is an email. Everything that happens is social post, everything. And so people are like, you're going through life and you think, well, I don't really know what to write about anymore. Or my marketing is drying up because there's no, every event, no matter how big or how small, can be turned into some type of a marketing um, connection. And the, the only thing you need to be able to do is make the connection. So I made the connection from this Montana trip to the four stages of business because of the, th- the thing I dealt with the most was uncertainty during this Montana trip on that, that drive down from, from Kalispell to Billings. It was uncertainty. Well, that's the same thing that gym owners go through all day long is uncertainty. And so if, if, as long as you can finally make the connection with the problems that your target market has and the things that happen to you over the course of your life, you'll never, ever, 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 ever run yeah. out of marketing ideas. Love it. You know, so it's funny. That's, I got a recovery. I got a recovery, uh, a, a part piece out of it because here's what's classic is we, we did that episode because I didn't have a strength coach. 
I posted, you had sent me um, a, a a segment for the marketing, the Kiss Marketing Business Secrets for Gym Owners, right? You do that on every episode, the normal episodes. Well, so we posted the special episode of you in Montana, but then the next episode was uh, one of your segments and it was like, hey guys, Vince Gabriel coming here from Montana. Just, you know, I'm outside right now. Just relax. <laughs> No, it's really quiet. The family is here. And, you know, I was cracking up like, see, because, you know, like every, you know, every training session, which is like, you know, the stress needs the recovery. And that was, the, I was cracking up at that. I love that. We, they went out of sequence, but uh, I thought it was classic. Um, I, I, I recorded a bunch of podcasts because I had a very little internet connection. And actually the funny thing is, um, uh, th- that Montana trip, I was gone for almost 14 days. Um, that is the longest I've ever gone without my laptop as an entrepreneur. And what happened was I left. This is how the trip started. I should have known it was going to be a crazy trip. But I left my laptop at the TSA security point. Check oh, no way. Like, you know, you got to take your laptop out. And all of a sudden I get to I get to Colorado and I realize my backpack feels a little lighter. I don't know if I'm getting stronger or what. But, and I'll look in there and um, my, my, my laptop was gone. And so I had no laptop. And so I couldn't type emails. I planned to type emails while I was away. And uh, the only thing I could do was record podcasts and send them to Daniel and then have him write the emails um, for, because I remember I send an email every day and I, and I don't miss days. I just don't. It's now become such a habit for me that it becomes harder not to write an email than it actually becomes to write one. Um, so that that's when you know you've ingrained a habit. But yeah, so I, I recorded a lot of podcasts by the fire while I was in Montana. I, <laughs> and it just did while I was driving. <laughs> I hope you talked about efficiency at some point too because – are you kidding me? You don't have TSA like approved. You're not pre-approved. I mean, Vince, spring for the seventy-nine dollars and the five-year. You get five years, and you know you go to the special line. You don't take your laptop out. What do you? Come on, I'm embarrassed. Oh, well, I'm embarrassed. Well, I do the cl- I do the clear thing. Oh so it, yeah, clear, thing, but the, clear just, doesn't make but you I, take I it out. I don't have the. Uh, oh. Yeah, they do. Oh, it's yeah, different. Guy, yeah, yeah. When you go through security. You gotta take your shit out. No, 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 not me, not pre. No, no, not TSA pre. You don't take your shoes off. No, we got it. Somebody's really? got it. Yeah, you need a coach. All right, I'll, I'll have to do that. <laughs> you need I'll a travel to... coach. <laughs> All right, Vince. Uh, here, yeah. <laughs> listen. I um, the one thing you know we've been talking a lot. We talked. And you you always say this. You you say it first, guys. We're gonna go over tactics today. You know or whatever. And, and I want. I, I was. I'm, I'm glad what you're doing today. Obviously, I know. You know today is the five ingredients to get ten to twenty small group training clients per month. But what I love about what we're gonna talk about today is. I see it so much. People don't understand that, you know, they put the cart before the horse and and there's this whole piece that they're missing in terms of who their market is, what the message is going to be, what the plan is going to be. Um, so I'm really glad you're doing this today because a lot of times we do talk tactics, but today we got to talk a little bit. We're going to go a little deeper. So, yeah, I mean, so the title of this is The Five Key Ingredients to get 10 to 20 small group personal training clients uh, per month. I'm not going to get into the small group stuff, you know, too much. We'll maybe touch on it if we need to, but 
for the most part, it's, you know, we're talking about just a really, really good marketing plan. And one of my mentors uh, is a guy named Dan Kennedy, who essentially is like, he's like the godfather of marketing. So anyone that's ever been, you know, like, you know, Russell Brunson's like the ClickFunnels guy. And, you know, he's just like an amazing marketer, right? But he was in Dan Kennedy's mastermind. He even just recently bought Dan Kennedy's company, right? Dan Kennedy is like the the pioneer of this. And there he has this triangle that he always talks about. And there there's three parts of a, a really good marketing plan. We're gonna get into five of them today, but there, there's three that he talks about. And it's basically market message and media, market message and media. And those are the three, if you really want to get to brass tacks, right. And say, if your marketing is right, you, you have the right target market, you have the right message to that market. And then you have multiple media. That's like, that's the Kennedy triad that, that he, he always talks about. So a lot of this is based on my learning from that, but this is where you start right? You start with target market. You start with who is the person that you're marketing to. And I do, I think that a lot of people poo poo this. They say that they, yeah, I know the customer. I know the type of person, you know, that I'm trying to market to, but, but they, but they really don't. And the one, the other thing they don't do is they don't do the hard work that it takes to know this person on a deeper level. And that's how I feel like I've been able to have success in, in, in the gym owner consulting world, because I know that gym owner and what they're going through so well. And that's why my marketing tends to hit home with a lot of people saying things to me like, Oh man, I feel like you were talking to me. And so that's what people so, that, so that's number one in the five key ingredients. Number one of the five key ingredients is you have clarity around who your target market is and your marketing goes towards that one person. Um, the story I have for this is when I first opened my business, I was an, I, I was an athlete guy, right? And like a lot of the you know guys that follow Strength Coach podcasts and everything like that, um, I know Coach Boyle started out as an athlete guy, and he still is technically known as an athlete guy, but I do know that Mike trains a ton of adults right now. And so the lesson was like when we went and started the business, we were training athletes and then said, oh, like, you know, there's a boot camp thing, like we should start training adults, right? And there was like this identity crisis for my business on who we were and who we were marketing towards. And we would do things like, you know, on our websites, like we'll click here for athletes and click here for adults. Um, and then we would do a flyer and like, you can do smarter personal training or you can do middle school athletic development. Or you could, and it was like this very confusing thing because we didn't really have clarity on who we wanted to be the hero to. And in 2016, um, I ran a program called the Sweepstakes, and we had a woman named Kathy Balsamo, who's one of the most special people in the world, but she was the winner of our Sweepstakes, and she ended up becoming like this local celebrity, 
and basically everyone wanted to follow Kathy and train like Kathy and do what Kathy did. And she ended up, she ended up losing, I think, 82 pounds in her uh, quest with us. But we then were that moment, like kind of solidified our mark in the community of, all right, Gabriel Fitness is a pro uh, is a company that does personal training for adults over 40. And we, we rode that wave and we got clear on that market and we built our business around that market and we built our gym around the market in terms of what equipment we bought and how we trained and everything. Um, and everything got better and better and better and better as we got clarity on the target market and who we were going. Now, but there was a problem brewing at the same time. And the problem brewing at the same time was we had this athlete program. And as we focused, right, as we focused on these adults over 40, there was a slow uh, decline in athletes, slow decline in athletes to the point where it was at, when the pandemic hit, it was the worst it ever was. And when the pandemic hit, we just couldn't keep going. So we shut it down, right? We shut it down. And we just was like, all right, you know, we're an adult only and I got this itch I was like man what you know we shouldn't do kids like I love training kids this is how I got into it I don't want to have a gym and not train kids like it's, it's and what we did was we brought it back under a whole new name and a whole new brand called grit athletes performance so you have Gabriel fitness right who's personal training small group personal training for adults over 40 and I have grit athlete performance which is strength and conditioning for kids ages 6 to 18 both of them almost separate businesses, different target market, right? And now the marketing for these two companies is completely different and it is working the best it's ever working because there's clarity around, all right, we're doing marketing, but we're doing it towards this person and this group of people that have these problems and yeah. these challenges. And when before we were like, we're Gabriel Fitness, we train athletes, we train adults, we do this, we do that. And, it, you know, obviously we did well, but to the point right now where grit is now exploding and Gabriel Fitness is now, we added, GFP added 30 new small group personal training memberships in March and I think 17 new personal training memberships in April, right? Mm -hmm. There was no, in any of the marketing we did for, uh, for our adult program in April, there wasn't a mention of athlete training. There wasn't a mention of this because there was clarity around the market and clarity around who we were going after. Yeah. And when I talk to any business owner that comes to me and asks my advice, I had a, a really awesome girl in uh, my mastermind come to me and she wants to do something in addition to her gym. She wants to do something online. And she's telling me all about the course that she wants to create. And she wants to do this course and she wants to do this and she wants to do holistic health and she wants to do like, and she's telling me all about this stuff. And I was like, whoa, 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 let's back up. The number one thing we need to get clarity around is who is going to buy this? Who do you want to be the hero to? Who is the person that we are, we are trying to, to, to get to buy this stuff? And without clarity around that, I believe businesses will always be spinning their wheels, right? 
Now, yeah. in, unless you're this massive company like Apple where like everyone buys your yeah. stuff, but if you're like a local business and a local, you know, gym as we're kind of teaching today, man, if you're, you know, the, 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 the place to go for a, for kids in their twenties and, and adults in their seventies and athletes in their thirties and, and when you, you do post rehab ACL, like I used to do, right. If you're for everyone, you're for no one. And so you, you, you got to really get clear on who you're after. And then, then you got to do the hard work of really digging deep on who is this person? What are their biggest pains? What are their biggest fears? And how do we create marketing around um, things that are going to get this person to say, this place is for me. And you can't do that without knowing exactly who that person is. Vince. So that's number one. Let let me, well, let me like ask you just to expand on that just slightly or one question on that. And and that is, You say clarity in the target, but then to me, it, you know, if, if we want to play devil's advocate, uh, you know, adults over 40 is not that, like, that clear, right? Just from when you say that. Now, I know you know everything about them, so that's why I want you to expand a little. Like, how deep do you want people to go? Like, for example, do you want them to say, like, yeah, I'm targeting men in their 50s, former athletes, guys who used to be in shape, but now they're not, who make a certain amount of money, who don't love the gym, but, you know, still want to be in shape, blah, blah, blah. How deep are you going in terms of like when, when you ask somebody, hey, who's your market? How deep do you want to hear? Yeah, so I think that the thing you would do in that sense is the I believe the more specific you go, the better. But also what you have to take into account for is the market size, right? And know that if you have a brick and mortar location, you are hand in and, and your business is built around um, getting people to come to a specific location, meaning they have to live in a specific area to be able to do business with you. Your target market is smaller versus like, I know what you're doing and you're helping guys in their fifties, right? Mm-hmm. Is, exactly. that, is that, yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you're not doing it in a demographic in a specific, uh, sorry, you're not doing it in a specific geographic area. Yes. You're doing running an online business. Yeah. So there's an endless sea of people that you can have access to. So what, that that is a consideration, right? What is the market size? And is the market size big enough for me to do something like that in a brick and mortar location where I help men that are 52 years old that that are lawyers that you know have two kids if you've got that specific the thing you have to be careful about is is there enough of the population in that in that area to be able to to hit your financial goals Uh, absolutely so that's kind of sorry sorry go ahead so that so that's kind of the answer but what you want to create in the real the real answer here is you have to create a client avatar Right. Yes. You have to create an avatar for who is that perfect person. Um, I call ours uh, a frustrated Frank, right? And frustrated Frank is the lawyer in his 50s. And, 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 so, and, and it's not that we only bring in lawyers. It's not that that's not the case, but someone in that field. And we are looking for, so we have a very, very detailed description of who the person is. 
and then what we do is we market towards that description. Yeah, and and not to get too much into too into the weeds on this, but it sounds like to me too, you you go really deep into psychographics, so you can say over 40, but you understand, you mentioned it before, the pain of that specific client. That's where you seem to be going deeper with a brick and mortar and with your demographic is going into the psychographics of that person. Yeah, no, beautiful point. And so you have uh, geographics, demographics, and psychographics that make up three things about the target market. Geographics is obviously simple where they are. Demographics are the facts about that person. Are they male? Are they female? How old are they? You know, how many kids do they have? What's the household income? What's their career path and stuff? Those are facts, right? And the psychographics, and this is where, you know, you, may, you, you bring this up. The psychographics describe why people buy. That's the biggest understanding you got to make of, of psychographics, to, you know, describe why people buy. So these are the things that you got to really start tapping into um, because once you under, so most businesses market to demographics and, and, and geographics. Most people do not market yeah. towards psychographics and these are the emotional triggers and the things of why people buy, what do people value most, and then gearing your marketing around that. So yeah. for example, if you, if their psychographics are they value really, really cheap personal training and really, really cheap gym memberships. Meaning the biggest value they have is price, right? Well, if you know that, then you should be all of a sudden you're creating all kinds of discounts and, you know, having creating a $9 a month gym and, and stuff like that because you know that that's that, what that person values versus if you knew they value personalized service, if you knew they valued community, if they knew they valued education, you wouldn't lead with price. Yeah. And so I think that's like the biggest understanding that people got to make is these three things, demographics, geographics, and psychographics. And Vince, let me just bring up one more thing too. And this, cause I love that you're, you, you, you know, the, this is where you're starting because I think also this is a great for somebody out there that also doesn't own a gym or when you're deciding what your target market might be is it's not just knowing your target market, but you have to know, can you reach them? I'll give you an example. Like when I started training, I went for golfers because partially I would rather go on for hockey players, right? Because that's my sport. I love hockey. I would love to just be in a rink and training people and seeing kids play. And But I knew I couldn't really reach them. I had no connections. I had the connections to the golf world. I grew up caddying. I caddied for a pro. I caddied in the U.S. Open and a bunch of other pro tournaments, right? And I knew I had like a story behind it. Also, I knew the demographic at Equinox, there was going to be a lot of golfers there. So just, yeah, but you have to know who your target market is, but you better know how you can reach them as well. Because to your next point, simple messaging is now you can also, that message can resonate with them because you, you know all these things and you know how to reach them. Yeah. So that's, so number two uh, is what's the message? Right. Um, and, and what are what are you saying in your marketing? So clarity on the target market. It's like, all right, let's find um, the and, and I always like to use a fishing analogy. Right. So if if you go and say, I'm going to go fishing to catch fish, um, you're not going to really be prepared. 
versus if he said, I'm going fishing in that stream over there um, and I'm fishing for salmon, you would know that salmon bite a certain kind of bait, right? And so think of the messaging as like the bait. What are the things that you're saying and what are the offers that you're creating that get people to want to respond and take action? So that's kind of like, right? It, so, so it needs to be um, the, the, the right bait that that, that, that person um, is going to bite. Um, we, but the, the best example I can give, and you know, a lot of times I get some, some crap for this, but um, when Donald Trump ran for president, um, and, the, and there's a book uh, called Win Bigly that describes all this guy, a book by the name of Scott Adams, which is a very, very helpful marketing book for people to read. Um, and I don't know if you're a Trump fan or not, doesn't matter. What was Trump's campaign slogan when he ran for, for president, you know, back in, I think it was 2016? Uh, make podcasting great again. Make podcasting great again. Exactly. It's, it's making America, it's make America <laughs> great again. Yeah. So everyone knew that and remembered it. And, and um, not sure if you're a Hillary fan or not, doesn't matter. Um, what was Hillary Clinton's campaign slogan that was going against Trump? Uh, <laughs> I have no. Lock her up. Don't lock her up. Don't lock me up. I have no idea. <laughs> no. You have, you have no idea, right? And that And that honestly is... So Trump said the same things over and over again. You know, if you think about what Trump wanted to do, what did he say he wanted to do? He kept saying over and over again that he was he was building, going to build a wall. That's what we're going to do is we're going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall. That's what he kept saying over and over and over and over and over again. So people understood and knew what he was what he was doing. Like it, disagree with it or not, doesn't matter. This is not the point, right? He, he essentially just was an ultimate communicator that got people to remember the things that he wanted to do. If I was to ask you, Aunt, what was the things that Trump wanted to build a wall? What were the things that Hillary really wanted to do? Do you remember? I don't. I don't. Yeah, me, me neither, right? Me neither, because it probably wasn't communicated in a way that was clear that people could remember. And so that's what you want to do with your marketing. You want to find what are those trigger points? What are, what are those key problems? What are those key things that you do? And then repeat those things over and over and over again. So there needs to be a, and I know we went long on, on target markets. So I'm going to go shorter on messaging, but there needs to be a match, right? And that's what Kennedy always talks about. There needs to be a message to market match. Right. If you have the right market, but not the right message, it's probably not going to work. Kind of similar to what I was saying before. If you if you if your message is all about price and discount and all of that and your market doesn't value that, and it's, then it's not a match and it's not going to resonate. Right. So you need to spend some time thinking about what are the things that you're going to talk about? What are the offers that people will is it the discount offer or is it hey come in for a consultation and let's talk about what you want to accomplish right i have taken every 
buy online stuff off myself. I don't do anything where I want them to buy, right? Because my market wants a conversation. My market wants to sit down and wants to talk about and wants to tell me what they want to accomplish. My market just doesn't want to buy a $49 membership. Now, that's not to say that that's not the case for some, right? But you have to decide what is going to resonate with the market. That's why these two things are so linked and they're so important. But simple messaging and then repeating that messaging over and over, that's the second big piece um, in, this, in this marketing, second ingredient, really, to get, because we're talking about getting 10 to 20 small group personal training clients a month, right? And you might be thinking, all right, let's do Facebook ads, let's do website, let's do this and that. And no, 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 it starts before that. It starts with the strategy on clarity around who the person is and clarity around and matching um, the, the, the bait that we're going to use to get them to come in. And the ultimate thing that, 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 that can be said is this. The ultimate thing that can be said is if someone reads your ad, if someone reads your emails, if someone reads your post, whatever it is, if they say the words, I feel like you were talking to me, it's gold. That's exactly what you would, the spot you should be doing, right? And that's what you want from your marketing. You want your marketing to be able to say, that person to read that and say, I feel like you were talking to me. And so that's why a lot of the, the emails that I'll write, you know, I take from my life, there's this one very, very well, uh, well used email, right? Whenever I get a good email, I reuse them like crazy. Um, but there's this one where I talk about Vanessa, my wife, you know, Vanessa, right? And Love her. Vanessa works out that, yeah, she's the best. Um, but Vanessa works out at 6am at GFT every day. Right. And I, I talked about, what happens when Vanessa doesn't work out? And basically, what I kind of made it was a tongue-in-cheek email, right? <laughs> I, I, I remember about, this one, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, so I talk, so I talk about when when Vanessa doesn't work out. If I put the blender on, she gets all pissed off at me because I got the blender on and it's too loud. And I talked about that when she doesn't work out in the morning, that she she's impatient with the kids. And I talked about when she doesn't work out in the morning, that you know the kids eat a shitty breakfast. Um, and they eat crappy breakfast, but when she does work out, they eat a healthy breakfast, right? And I talked about the difference between her, her mental, her, her attitude, her energy, her demeanor. Now, I got some crap for it, right? I definitely got some crap. As for you not should. from Vanessa. <laughs> no, I right? know. I'm not from Vanessa, from other people. And like, I got like Vanessa's like clients that email me. She's like, your wife is wonderful. How dare you throw her under the bus like this? Um, and it's, and I, I just say, Hey, <laughs> Hey, you know, my kids got to eat, you know, so I got to <laughs> do the right marketing. Um, so, uh, but, but she's, she's a great sport with all this, but it like it, it, the blender thing. I had so many people respond to the blender. Like, Oh yeah, my husband hates the blender. They hate, they hate the blender. Like, and, and it's just like, it was like that email brought, because what I did was I matched the life that other people in my market were living at the exact same moments. And they're like, oh my God, I'm reading this. Oh my God, I get pissed off by my husband too. Oh my God, like it's, it's like it was just this lightning rod of of match to market and message. And that's kind of what you want to be doing, you know, with your your matching of the target market and message. Absolutely love it. And I think uh, again, I love this idea of like thinking. You know, you got to set this set the tone. Uh, you know, you have to understand these. This is the foundation before you get to all those tactics. So uh, what's next? 
So next is, is, is a pre-thought-out plan. And, you know, a lot of times what does come next is the actual multiple methods, which we will talk about as number four. But if you just have the multiple methods and you just have Facebook ads, you just have websites, and um, there's, uh, you, you practice what I call squirrel marketing. And here's what squirrel marketing is, Ant. Squirrel marketing is when a gym owner looks in their bank account and they check the balance of their checking account and they're not happy with it. So they're like, I got to start doing some freaking marketing. And what they do is they go, all right, let me ask clients for referrals. And, oh, let me run a Facebook ad. And, oh, I got to send an email out. And like, they just rain, do random stuff. And it usually never works out well. And what real business owners really need to do is sit down. I preferably, I like a month before the quarter starts and write down what you're going to do for marketing. And use the time period. So, for example, like May, it's Mother's Day. That's an opportunity to market. June, it's Father's Day. That's an opportunity to market. Fourth of July is an opportunity to market. And you look and you can say, all right, what's on the calendar? What's the time period? What's, what's going on in the world? And then you sit down and you decide what you're going to do. And then when it comes, you do it. And the, uh, I, I don't think I've talked about the webinar, but I have a webinar um, this weekend. And what we're doing is um, we're going to be really unpacking uh, how to use a marketing calendar. And a marketing calendar is where you take the pre-thought-out plan and you put the pre-thought-out plan into the calendar and then you leverage the calendar to tell you what to do. So instead of you saying you deciding and saying, what am I going to do for marketing this week? You now have the calendar that tells you to do it. And uh, I created a pretty cool new calendar recently uh, that, that's got a ton of stuff loaded into it. It's really awesome. Um, and I'll be revealing that on the webinar, but, um, I, I think that that's the thing is number three is a thought out plan for what you're going to do before it happens. Okay. And that leads us to number four, Ant, which is multiple methods and the multiple methods uh, is the different things you're going to do. And I've, I've talked about this on this podcast, um, like crazy, but the marketing glove and envision your marketing as these uh, each channel that you do, whether that's Facebook ads, websites, referrals, reactivations, whatever, is a finger on the glove. And ideally, there's multiple fingers on your marketing glove that are working and are being used. Uh, the worst number of business is one. And so what you got to do is you need to get multiple things going. So I'll tell you right now, I mean, we're promoting our uh, Memorial Day meltdown. Uh, we have uh, a newspaper ad going. We have Facebook paid Facebook ads going. We have four organic posts going. We have three different joint ventures that are promoting it. We have a referral strategy in place that's getting the clients that are doing our challenge to refer and bring friends. We're sending emails to our list. We're reaching out to former clients. Um, it's just like this massive multiple method strategy and it's no wonder that it's working really, really well right now, um, you know, for in terms of getting new members to come in. But if we just said, all right, let's run a Facebook ad to promote this challenge, that's one thing. And it lives and dies with that one thing. Now, sometimes it does work, but in reality, you will have a much stronger, more effective business if you can use multiple methods. So that is number three and four kind of almost combined is number three is the pre-thought-out plan. What am I going to do? So in the plan, you would decide, all right, I'm going to do a Memorial Day meltdown. 
and then the then the decision in the in the plan is well what am I going to do to market that thing and then you decide on all right we're going to do this 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 in multiple different ways so three and four kind of connected number four is there's multiple methods um, that we're using to generate leads love it yeah yeah love love the glove idea and you know I know it could be daunting. So I just want to think about like when you're when you're just one question on it when you're thinking about this for some of these people are going to be like look I don't have you know money for this or or let's say you know they're just starting out and they don't have a lot of uh, clients for referral like how many do you want them to at least minimum what's your minimum on the glove? Um, I like a minimum of three, um, okay. you know, and honestly, you you technically could include your website as one. Now that's that's the that's the thing with websites is that if your website sucks, you can't include it. Everyone has a website. Not everyone has a website that works. So if you have a website that works, that's the best thing because it's something that works while you sleep. Like I am like have this new love affair with websites, and, and we have a guy um, from Philly, a gentleman from Philly that bought a uh, a website through Kiss Marketing. And he's going to be our highlight in our our uh, May newsletter. He got 70 new clients last year from just his website alone. And literally, that's him sleeping and people opting in through his website um, and to, to get new clients. 70 clients, not 70 leads, but 70 clients that joined his gym in, that, in the year that he had a website from Kiss Marketing. So that becomes a finger on the glove. Right. And if you get that right, that's like a box that's checked right then and there. So I like three and to answer your question, um, okay, cool. working towards five to seven uh, different methods. Absolutely. And so moving forward, how do you really decide what, you know, maybe what to keep or, or you know, like, so for example, I mean, hey, right now I'm doing some Facebook ads for 50 for 50 and, and they're for the lead magnet and they're doing really well. So obviously I'm keeping that. And then, you know, if there's another ad that wasn't doing as well, I kind of took those off. How do you start to decide what, what to keep and what to get rid of? Yep. Uh, great lead in it. And that brings us to number five, which is the marketing scoreboard. And you want, and they run not, not just the marketing scoreboard, everyone needs a business scoreboard. And what a scoreboard gives you is what's called leading indicators. And the leading indicators that you're measuring on your scoreboard are not your financials. It's not how much money you're making, but it's the things like how many leads you got, how many trial memberships you sold, uh, how many memberships you sold, what your retention was, that tells you what the month is actually going to be like before it happens. Right? And so when you have a scoreboard and you get this, you say, all right, I'm sitting down, I'm saying we got 10 leads last month. Well, the next question you got to ask yourself is, all right, well, where did they come from? And not a lot of people do that. You'd be surprised. It seems very straightforward and it seems pretty simple. It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to know where they came from? But a lot of times you just say, I got X leads. Well, some people don't even know that. Some people don't even know how many leads they got. Like I know on Monday exactly how many leads that my business generated and I know exactly where they came from. Right. And so that's how you decide if, let's say, you're spending a bunch of money on Facebook like you are, Ant. If you're not measuring the success of that Facebook ad, aren't you just wasting, potentially wasting money? 
because you have to look at the production of that, especially if you're spending money. And you do that through keeping a marketing scoreboard. And in addition to the marketing scoreboard, what I always do, for, and this is for specific campaigns, and I'll go back to my Memorial Day Meltdown example. In the Memorial Day Meltdown, we set a goal, a hard goal of 30 members, 30 new members to buy the Meltdown, right? Now, at $499 on the front end, it's, a pretty, it's going to be a pretty good campaign. But we have a target, and we are working towards that. And I told the uh, guys in my marketing and sales room, I walked into the office this morning and says, if we're not on pace to get 30 by Monday, don't go home this weekend. And I told them that. I was like, we will hit 30, and we will do everything possible to get 30 members. So sometimes it comes down to a, a commitment to, to the goals and commitment to the data to be able to get the marketing initiatives you need to hit your goals. So any campaign you ever do, whether it's a Father's Day thing, whether it's a Mother's Day thing, whether it's a New Year, New Year, uh, whatever it is, every campaign you do for marketing should have a goal around what, how many clients are we trying to get uh, from this specific campaign to be able to do it. But that's how you'll know Aunt, if what's working and what's not uh, in terms of your methods is, is are you tracking it on a weekly basis? And the tracking of it tells you what to do more of, what to do less of, what to dump. And it just gives you a ton of clarity uh, around uh, the effectiveness of your marketing. So those are the, those are the five steps uh, to get 10 to 20 small group personal training clients per month. What do you think about that? Love it. Love it. Great. Uh, like I said earlier, I just, I love the kind of setting up that foundation. It's, it really is. It's so important. And, uh, Vince, are you going to, now you have a webinar on the 14th, I want to say, is that, am I right? For, yeah. May, May 14th and 15th. Uh, okay. The title of it is, uh, the, how to get the marketing calendar. Cause I'll be talking about my marketing calendar, the one that I use. Um, how to get the marketing calendar that gets 10 to 20 small group personal training clients a month. So it's kind of like, you know, mimicking what we do at GFP, 10 to 10, 10 to 20. I mean, March, we obviously got 30, but uh, 10 to 20 uh, small group personal training clients a month in terms of my gym plus all the 70 gym owners that I coach. I'd say that's probably the average. Um, I'm going to be uh, going over a lot of what we talked about today on, uh, on a much, much deeper level. Um, in addition to showing the video and showing the, the, the slide of my calendar that I actually use. Um, so, yes, it's May 14th and 15th. Uh, if you just go to vincesmasterclass.com, you can register for free. It's a completely free webinar. Um, you, what you can also do is, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to put the link in the show notes. You can click the link in the show notes um, to, to join us. All right, good stuff. Well, Vince, thanks for coming on. Looking forward to that. Uh, I, yeah, I just think the calendar, it, it really is important. And I, I, one thing on the, on, you know, we can talk about it all we want, but it is nice to see it. So having the webinar, it's kind of cool to kind of see it. I don't know. Me personally, I need to see things. So uh, I might I might actually tune into that one, even though, uh, you know, I'm tired of oh, hearing wow. you talk. Oh, wow. The great yeah. Anthony Renn is going yes. to my pot my I might. Wow. I just okay. might do it. I might okay. do it. So um, anyway, Vince, thanks for doing this. And uh, we'll talk to you next time, bud. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.